0: Miss ATLians Joe, can you translate that for me? Hello my ATLians, Ah. we are back Yes, we beat Monterey this week The only team to ever do that In this forgiven year I am joined again by Producer Britt, she's back Blake's still on vacation, he'll be back next week I'm ATL Joe
1: I'm Britt, the producer
0: And this is our show First. Welcome back guys, It's is ATL Ins United Please give us a rating if you can Five stars, it'd be wonderful for the Five Stripes And if you love that song as much as I do We're going to release it to the public But I set a goal last week and I want to hit that goal We're very, very close The goal is you guys got to help us reach 1,000 subscribers We're really close So go tell your friends go subscribe to the show and eventually we'll put it out there on Spotify, iTunes, and all the above. So we can be playing at tailgates. It's, it's something that's going to be really big and you know what, you can't get it there right now, but if you want to, you can go back and listen to a couple of our shows where Britt put it on at the end of the show. Uh, I don't know if you're going to do that this week or not, Britt. What do you say?
1: Sure. Yeah. I'll put it on. So the episode's going to look a lot longer than it is because it's got a four minute song at the end, but I'll put it at the end for you guys. Um, Also, you know, if you guys are, feeling like you really want to help out the podcast, writing us a review on iTunes also really helps or whatever podcast app that you do because it it does help other people um, know what our show's about when they're looking for ATLans or, I'm sorry, Atlanta United-themed podcasts. So moving straight on to the news, man. We got some cool stuff going on this weekend. Obviously, it is St. Patrick's Day. So most of you guys are probably going to be in the bins Uh, because there is a game against Philadelphia, which we will preview later in the podcast. Saturday, there's a bunch of stuff going on. So there's a parade on Peachtree Street. So it's going to be on Peachtree and 16th uh, during the day on Saturday. And then that night, RERA is actually going to do like a green mile block party at 7 p.m. So get some green beer and celebrate like you're Irish.
0: That sounds like a, a wonderful place to be except for the other place to be would be at Mercedes Benz. And we saw the Falcon wearing his green scarf already this week, and you know he's going to be rocking it all week long.
1: Oh, yeah. And as he should, I can't think of a better way to send St. Patrick's Day. Um, a little bit more updated on news. Um, Facebook and Instagram were down on Wednesday. If you didn't notice, good for you. But guess what that meant? People got more work done. Put on t- Oh, that was my, that was Ben's dad joke. I, I
0: actually didn't even notice until the next day when people told me it was down. I got my lineup update on Twitter. Come on, this is 2019, right? Oh
1: Yeah, I guess we still get information from Twitter. So just a kind of reminder, something that we're doing new this year on the podcast is anytime time that there is an international break, uh, we are also going to take an international podcast break. So there's one coming up at the beginning of April, so I don't want you guys to be surprised if we do not release a podcast that first week. That's what's going on. We'll be right back. But everyone, international break this year, we will also take a break.
0: Are we going to go do international things on the international break? Because that'd be cool.
1: Yeah. Um, if you guys just want to donate like $50 each, then we could go, you know, to all the stadiums. And no, I, I wish uh, Blake's already gallivanting in Europe right now. So he's taking his international break for the year. You're going on a honeymoon in the summer. So basically, I'm the only one really missing out on going international.
0: All right, let's move on. So, we get the Star Spangled Banner coming in every every game, and we have this wonderful thing that people yelling stripes for the five stripes, and yelling knights. So, that goes back to the hockey team, the Atlanta Knights. It's really cool, and we just started yelling every little thing, and there's a perfect one that we should start yelling. I don't know why we haven't started this yet, but when they say star in the Star Spangled Banner, why don't everyone scream, star? I think- you know the broad stripes and the bright stars?
1: I think it's a perfect addition. I don't know why we don't do it.
0: That'd be wonderful. So I'm putting that out there. Maybe you guys can talk to your capos or just in the supporter section. Just start doing it. That's how the rest of them started. So this would be fun. I want to do it next game.
1: Uh, Other things that we got going on, um, if you guys were in the game uh, for the Cincinnati game, then you saw them release or premiere the MLS championship banner in the Benz, which was, for me, that was a really special moment. It was, I've been, I've lived in Atlanta most of my life and to see... The first banner to go into that stadium be an Atlanta United banner. That was super cool, and I'm so happy that we get to share this stadium, and I hope the Falcons can follow soon.
0: That was really cool, but it also what well, was kind of weird was the TIFO. What do you think about how that TIFO came upon us with them <laughs> pulling the third chapter and reeling the chapter, and it just didn't quite make it.
1: I'm going to give them a 10 for creativity. I really liked where they were going with it. I don't think the execution really happened. It turns out there was a knot in the line, so it wasn't able to turn all the way.
0: You know uh, what it was, Britt? What was it? it? was Chapter two was just so amazing. Everybody wanted to turn back the page and just go read reread chapter two.
1: <laughs> I read it as a bedtime story to my child every night, really.
0: Yeah, so we, we're still stuck on chapter two. It clearly showed in our slow start. Anyways, moving on. Uh, the other good news is the championship rings just came out this week on Thursday, and you can get a replica. And I've already talked to the front office, asked them very kindly to just go ahead and send all of us, at least season ticket holders, free championship rings because we deserve it just as much as they do.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And, and you know, Miles Robinson, he actually got one for his birthday, which is kind of nice. Uh, he, the rings came out on his birthday. I think that they should have given us rings instead of license plates. Personally, I would rep that real hard everywhere I go. I would
0: hope there's like 50 karat gold and a bunch of diamonds in there.
1: Yeah, I feel spoiled that they didn't do that for me, you know, but maybe I'm just using Frank DeBoer's words. Does it hurt,
0: Britt? Does it hurt? Why don't you just go ahead and tell me what else is hurting?
1: Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. Injuries. Luckily, we're doing pretty good on injuries, actually. Good news. Good news. Escobar is back in training. Um, that's great. We're going to talk about where he's probably going to fit in and hopefully get back in our lineup later and tactics. But um, he's back in training. Bello played with the second team. So a lot of the guys that we were kind of worried about um, are kind of back. So it looks like we're having a lot of our depth. So we just got to see how they fit in. Joe, why don't you handle who's going to be out for Philly?
0: Yeah, so Philly, a couple of guys who don't really start for them anyways. Mark McKenzie and Sergio Santos are out for them. And so they're, they're a pretty healthy squad altogether. The biggest news is last game that their only goal scorer all season, one of their star players, Marco Fabian, got a red card. So we will not have to deal with Fabian, and that, that's actually big news for us. But enough with injuries. Let's get on with our double recap. Wow. Wake up, Britt. Wake up.
1: Sorry, I was just watching the Cincinnati game. It put me right to sleep. What a snoozer that was. Most of that game was played in the midfield. I'm sure at this point it is old news to you guys, but we are going to do a quick recap of it. It was a 1-1 draw. As if you were at the game, you know that a lot of fans were not okay with this 1-1 draw, which we'll talk about in just a little bit. But there was, it started off great. You know, Joseph got that goal uh, in the first five minutes.
0: From no angle, too, by the way. That was a great goal. It was Joseph doing Joseph things. He was from the side of the five-yard box, no angle, goalie had it covered, and he just blasted past him.
1: Yeah, it was a very Joseph goal, and um, it was good to see him get that, too. I felt like it boosted his confidence, but later in the game, he definitely, you could see that he was a little defeated, because our offense kind of, it really fell apart, really. Um We did have subs. He did sub in a little earlier than the 91st minute, which is great. Um, Nagby came in for Barco in the 59th minute. Carlton actually got some time, and I actually thought he played okay. Um, You know, He came in for PD, and I felt like um, he did hustle and and, and made some adjustments. But overall, I think that the team in general didn't really play that great. Um, One thing I think that that was a cool moment, but also kind of speaks to Atlanta right now, is that Greg Garza was given a standing ovation. And if you were in the stadium when he made his appearance, it was loud. Good for Greg. Yeah, good for Greg. You know, he got us a championship. He helped us get there. And uh, we wish nothing but good things for him. But it was like one of the loudest moments of the game, which I think is kind of... uh,
0: that kind of says how the game was going with how so boring it was, but it was even when Greg came out for warm-ups, and when the team arrived, and they walked to the field, since he came out, and Greg was kind of in the middle of the pack, so it was quiet, quiet, and then Greg comes out, and everybody that was already in the supporters section started going crazy when Greg came out, and he saluted us, you could tell he was super happy that we gave him already a preview of the uh, ovation.
1: Oh, yeah. And he even released afterwards on social media just how much that moment meant to him because he wanted to stay a hero in Atlanta. And I think it is cool that we do treat some of our old players. I don't think Chris McCann's going to get a uh, standing ovation if, we, um, if he ever plays when he's on D.C. United. But... You know, we did it for Assad. We did it for Garza. So I like that we treat our our players that way. It's it great. only
0: makes sense with Assad and Garza. I kind of see them as like brothers. We brought in on the team because they were both on loan that special year. Garza was the one that got the contract extension, and we had to get rid of Assad, unfortunately. But we loved them both, and they were both longtime starters. Garza with an asterisk by that, but uh, they were both starters for us.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to talk about some winners um, and losers of this game. So so winners, to me honestly, when I did a kind of a breakdown and rewatched the game, there really weren't that many winners to me. Um, one person, and we will talk about them I'm sure over and over again on this podcast and in future podcasts, but Miles Robinson um, has played great this season. And he he's really showed in the past couple games just that We do have a lot of development that we can use with these youth players. And once we give them chances, they can kind of blow us away. And so I think that he was a winner out of this game. And then if you consider possession a winner, we did have 67% possession. But possession doesn't really mean that much if you don't create attacking chances. So those were a couple of winners. Joe, you want to highlight a few losers for us?
0: Yeah, a big loser the past couple of games. And this one especially highlighted was Breck Shea.
1: What a loser.
0: Oh, loser, dude! Go Bruh. cut your
1: dreads. I actually think we're kind of giving him a hard time, but I do agree he's had a terrible start. Like you said last week, though, you, you get good Shea or you get bad Shea, or good Breck, bad Breck. Good
0: Breck, bad Breck. We've eh. seen one good Breck game already against Costa Rica. Herianno he played. He played very well. He was in the conversation of player of the game there. But the last two games, he has shown bad Breck. He's p- making horrible passes, bad decisions. Trying to be way too conservative, not playing good defense, and it showed because he didn't make the starting lineup the next game.
1: I mean, there was there was a chance in that game where he he didn't have a defender in front of him. He actually had an opportunity to make a great cross. Joseph was making a run um, into the box. Gressel was on the side, and he just overshot both of them. I mean, it was like it was such a terrible cross. And it was like one of our best opportunities of the game. So he just had a really hard time um, with his crosses. He would either hit defenders or he really wasn't putting them in, in the right spots. So hopefully he can develop because I actually think that he does have the potential. I mean, he's overall, he's a great player, but he needs to mesh with our team. And, and I feel like, he, I don't know if it's confidence or what the deal is, but he played better at Kennesaw. He gets in the Mercedes-Benz and he, he chokes. A loser for me too, Joe, was uh, Goose. Goose! I know. You know I like him big, tall, and bald, but Goose, he let me down.
0: How so, Britt?
1: There was only one shot on goal. One. The whole game. And guess what? It went in.
0: And That's pretty tough. I, that's one of the stats I did not like seeing at the end of the game, where we only allowed one shot on goal, and that shot happened to be the one that tied the game up, and we couldn't score against him. And I, I see what you're saying. Goose should be able to come up with a save like that, but... I saw something different on the goal that we gave up, and I think it was how the back three got exposed. And we saw this in Monterey, and we also saw this in Erdiano especially. I saw it there. Uh, That back three has gotten exposed where the other teams will send overload the offense and send four people to our back line. And in this game, in this goal, uh, they sent – Four people and Gressel had to come back as the wing back. He had to track back and it was late in the game. He was tired and he kind of took the play off almost until it was too late. When they hit that through ball, all the teams slid over to cover the ball and Parker's had to come track back and try to cover two men on one and he was already too late. Gressel was already way out of the play. And it, there's a back three that our line gets exposed unless the wing backs are hustling the entire game long and come back and cover and to make it a back five, a lot like we did during our playoff run.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you can never fully blame a goalie when a ball gets past defenders. The goalie's our last defense, right? It does not look great when there's one shot on goal and he really can't come up with a save, but you your goalie, really, if you're a good team, you should really be able to play with an empty net. That's how good your defender should be. So, um, well. I could challenge that one. Okay. But I'm just saying in general, it's it's never completely 100% on the goalie um, when something like this happens. So, I agree with you with that back line.
0: And it was very frustrating, Britt. the end of the game, everyone was there and they heard. Uh, not everyone booed, but a lot of people booed the game afterwards. A lot of people were saying they were booing the team. People were saying they were booing Frank DeBoer. I, what do you think about all this Just Man, frustration?
1: So, Look, I know everyone's got a different opinion about this. The booing kind of made me a little sad. You know, I think you can say that you were booing Frank DeBoer. I also kind of have a problem with that. I mean, he's a brand new coach. He's in here to help us build depth, to help us be a good team long-term. We have to give him a chance to put in new strategies and new formations and new players. We have to be able to let him grow with our team. We have to let these players be able to grow together. And we also didn't lose. We tied. And yeah, it might've been a kind of a boring game. And I, I agree, it wasn't my favorite home opener that we've ever had. But to boo sends a different message to our players. They don't know that we were booing Frank DeBoer. You know, I think about Joseph. He just won us a championship two months ago. He was, he broke almost every record that a striker can break in the MLS and we're booing him. To me, it is it is way too early in the season to try something like that. Um, and frankly, it just kind of made me sad for our fan base.
0: Well said, Britt. And that, that, that is good. Uh, but there's a level of frustration that we're going through. And coming out, with such high expectations, as we should as this club, and to be let down with a loss and then a tie, and then not advancing in the Champions League, it's all frustration. But you know what? Uh, There was an interview on 92.9 The Game with Jeff Lorenowitz, and they did a great job, and Jeff said it the best. He said, yeah, we understand the frustration, and believe him that that frustration is also in the locker room, because... The players expect a lot of their own play, and they know that they want to be winning all these games, and they know that they can. And the fact that they're not getting the results is very frustrating to them. So they know what's going on just as much. And he also said another cool thing if you guys want to go listen to that interview. He said Atlanta United fans are kind of like the parents to the players being the kids, (laughs) and they can hear the parents when they're in the stands just telling them how good or bad they were.
1: Yeah, I mean, and some people said, you know, the booing had its um, has its attended effect because the next game, which we're going to talk about in just a second, we did see some changes. There were some changes in formation. We were a lot more aggressive on attack. So some people are going to say, well, you know, what? the booing worked because it was letting them know that we weren't happy with the way things were going. But on a positive note, Joe, I think it's time for the Joseph Martinez.
0: Yes. 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 Oh, my God. Something happened. Something happened. I saw something. What happened?
1: <laughs> oh, we actually got a bunch of stuff on our, our hair watch this week. Um, Joseph came out in the Cincy game. He came out with a full shaved blonde head. Okay, I'm talking this is like beginning Joseph and Atlanta United. He went full on blonde. And we all know from Blake's statistics that he tends to do better blonde. So as it currently counts, every game that he's been solid blonde and shaved, he has scored a goal.
0: Yeah, and then, you know, I I think the reason he may have shaved his hair is because he was getting tired of his roommate, Ezekiel Barco, always stealing his hair dye. He was running out of hair dye, and so he just said, you know what, screw it, I'm taking my hair off.
1: Well, and Barco's the other person on our, our, uh, our hair watch list because Barco went full blonde. He did have kind of this fade blonde, brown thing. He went full blonde, and it just must be because he's living with the goat.
0: Living with Joseph, the goat. And Joseph had all this extra hair dye laying around because he had not much hair left. And Barker's like, oh, oh I got you, bro.
1: I got you. Let's be twenties.
0: Yeah, I'll score goals too.
1: <laughs> I'll try to score goals. I'll dribble a lot.
0: I'll shoot on free kicks and not score.
1: <laughs> all right, let's, uh, let's recap the Monterey game.
0: Bray, oh my God, Monterey. We beat Monterey. We beat Monterey.
1: Guys, I don't know if you know how big of a deal this really was. Um, it was huge. We played a lot better. But we were the first team to beat Monterey this season for them. This We were their first loss.
0: Yeah, this is a team coming in in high form. And they did not sit back. They did not have heavy rotation and, and give up on this game. They were going out to win this game. And we beat them fair and square. It is worth celebrating. I know we're out of the Champions League. And that is kind of sad. Uh, It it really hurts me because I really wanted to win the Champions League, but we won this game. We did our part at the home side. We just really, really put us in a tough situation on the road game. So guys, go celebrate and you can tell other people that we beat Monterey. We are that good. And if Monterey goes on to win this thing... We might be the only team that beats them all year long. That that's pretty big.
1: Oh, it's pretty cool. And honestly, Monterey fans were trying to celebrate. They were trying to buy beers with cash. I guess no one told them that they can't use cash in Mercedes-Benz oh anymore. Oh my
0: God, Britt. I saw that time and time again, all throughout the stadium. I saw Monterey guys in in their Monterey jerseys, like they walked up to the bar, like cutting the line because uh, <laughs> coming up with like a twenty dollar bill, throwing it on the bar table, like you gonna give me a beer? But like. Clearly the guy didn't speak any English and he was trying to get a beer and he had cash and they were trying to tell him it's only card and he's like, I got 20 bucks. I got like, (laughs) he's like $20, $20 and and he couldn't get a beer. That was kind of, kind of messed up.
1: Well, how do you say no in Spanish?
0: No. Oh.
1: Well, anyway, it's not so they couldn't uh, celebrate, but I'm sure that they found other ways to get beers uh, or used their debit card or went to one of those cash-to-debit machines that they have throughout. One thing that was pretty cool that Monterey did is they left a note um, in the locker room for Atlanta United. They said, Thank you so much for your hospitality. We're positive. We will meet each other again in the near future. Respect for our rivals. So pretty cool. Um, It's pretty cool to play at such a big international level. And have mutual respect like that. That's pretty awesome.
0: That is really good. And I love, love that they said, I hope we'll see you in the future. And Atlanta United's plan, and and my plan, my vision of this team is to be season in, season out players in this Champions League, because that is the highest level we're going to get right now. And if you win the Champions League, you can go a step further, but we haven't gotten there yet.
1: So Joe, and so to continue on, do we just have to continue to have the best uh, record? Like, how do we get back into the Champions League?
0: So the qualifications for Champions League, we've gone over this in past episodes, but they, it changes all the time because of fluky things happen, and it's CONCACAF. The f- easiest way to get in there is win the U.S. Open Cup. That's how Houston Dynamo got in there. They were not a great team last year, but they went out and won that U.S. Open Cup, which starts up, I believe, in May. The other way is to be the Supporter Shield winner. And then the other, after that supporter shield, it's basically the first place. And then they take second place from the other conference or first place from the other conference. So if you're Eastern conference winner and you're Western conference winner, they move on. And the final way, the hardest way to do it, but the most pure way to do it is to be the MLS cup champion.
1: Well, there you go. So there are a couple ways to win and hopefully we can do a good run at the open cup this year. I know we were kind of way more focused on the supporter shield and other things last season. So,
0: yeah, and Britt, this was a great game. Uh, we came out, and I really got think, guys, that this could be the turning of the tide. You know, We are finally going to flip the page all the way to Chapter 3 and really start going right now because we looked really good, and especially in the second half and especially after we brought Tito Vajalba on, we really opened up the game and started going. We almost scored a second goal after Joseph's goal, uh, opening goal. We almost got a second one in there that could have sent – the stadium a blazing for that final 10 minutes.
1: And I actually got a a good quote from Tito um, here. He says, I think you saw last night that when we changed the formation, we started to play a little bit better. I think it suits us. So kind of when they came in, there was a change in formation and you could kind of, you could, you felt that spark, that energy, the, the substitutions happened in the 76th minute. We scored in the 77th minute. So I'm not saying it's because of those substitutions, but in general, there was definitely a pep in our step once Tito got in the game. And it was really great to see that energy.
0: Yeah. And that that was big. And people on the, in the stands were getting frustrated because it was zero, zero. And I remember they started singing a chant and I joined in on them. I don't know what they were saying at the very end of it, but I made up my own words, and they were they were screaming in the background, going "Tito, Bia, bring him on." Which I know that's not what they said at the end, but that's what I was screaming because <laughs> I had enough beers in me to make up my own words. And if you are long listeners to these podcasts, I make up a lot of songs.
1: Oh yeah, and in, in general, I mean, your Tito Vijaba chant is still one of my favorites. I think we should have a good chant for every. Player on the field that really is a starter so it's good he he deserves a chance he deserves a chance
0: even before we brought tito on where it did change the dynamic of the game there were a couple other great chances created and and pity martinez he sent a screamer from 35 out that almost went upper 90 their goalie made an incredible save that i don't think many goalies would have made that would have just blown the roof off of the stadium if he scored that goal there was so much going on. He had a couple other chances in the game. He had a chip shot from way deep as well that just went over the goal, but he was on point. He was he was kind of zoning in. His crosshairs are aligning, and I think he is getting ready to break free.
1: Yo, yeah, I think in general, I think Petey's still adjusting to um, our play style, our coach, our players. Um, but you definitely saw a spark in him in that game. You saw what he's capable of doing. He looked like his highlight reel. Like If he would have made that, the whole yeah, the stadium would have exploded. And in general, it was kind of nice to see people taking shots outside the box. Petey made a shot outside the box. Tito, Larry took a shot from outside the box.
0: You know, I love it when Larry takes those outside-of-the-box rips, and he's been doing it ever since we've got him. And he takes a couple a season, um, sometimes one a game, but he's got to get it on target, Britt. Yeah. <laughs> Every single one. It's screamers, and they're just outside the post, just over the goal. They're close to being on target, but he's got to start getting those on target.
1: It's close enough to where the goalie moves. Yes. It's just not close enough to really do anything. But it's still, I still think it's positive because it does, it keeps the defenders on their toes. Yes. That we are threatening outside the box. And he still needs to keep taking them.
0: I do love that. Um, so the game is 1 nothing, Britt. And. We need three goals to send it to PKs. That's what I'm thinking realistically was our best chance. And we get a second goal. Nagby gets the ball from Joseph, shoots, and scores. Fans going crazy. I get wet from beer showers. The refs call the goal back. And you know why? Because Joseph can't stand it when Nagby scores, so he's got to commit a foul. He's (laughs) done it again.
1: He's got to take his goal away. I mean,
0: is is there a Joseph Nagby beef that we don't know about? And Joseph's like, no, 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 you're not going to catch my goal record.
1: That must be what it is. It must have been where the rumors of uh, Nagby transferring to Columbus came from because just him and Joseph just can't get along.
0: No, and that's all joking aside. (laughs) Totally joking, guys. (laughs) Joseph uh, did commit a foul. He, He was the one that passed the ball to Nagby and his momentum went forward and he took the defender out. Uh, You can't do that. He didn't mean to do that. It wasn't an intentional foul, but it was a foul and unfortunately took that goal away because if he scored then and those final 10 minutes would have probably been the most intense and crazy minutes in Atlanta United history.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it would have reminded me of like the San Jose game last year where we just scored, scored, scored. But overall, it was still a good game. It was a good result. And I think in general, people were a lot happier with the way that this team looked. Barco, um, even though he's still, I still think he has growth and he still needs to kind of grow as a player. He had a lot more chances. Um, He had a couple uh, cool passes to Joseph that if had been timed a little differently, would have definitely been goals. Ambrose looked better on that left back. I, that's the position he should play
0: what a huge difference it made and we went over this last week in tactics Ambrose shifting from that right side to his left side where he played a lot last year he made a huge difference and he was clearly better than bad Breck,
1: oh yeah I mean I think in general like it's between Ambrose and Bello now and Really, I liked Ambrose on that side. I liked him last year on that side. You know, if we were going to get rid of McCann and Garza, then I think that we do need to have solid. It's funny. I always feel like why is left back always our problem on this team? We keep trading left backs and we keep thinking that we're getting better left backs and Mm -hmm. it's just still a problem position for us. But um, but let's talk about one more thing on this game. What were were your thoughts about Pogba? Paul Pogba made it. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. no. I'm going to do that
0: all season long. This is not Paul Pogba, guys. ATL Joe, this is not Paul Pogba. This is Florentine Pogba. But it was great to see him enter the game. We've been wondering where he was. That was a big signing to get one of the Pogbas, even though it's not the prime Pogba. We got Florentine Pogba. He came in, and he's a big dude. I thought he played really well. He looked like he was pretty good with the ball at his feet. He did have one error which may have been on Gressel, may have been on him. That missed pass. Where he passed it across Mm -hmm. the field, and Gressel kind of didn't make a good move towards the ball. So I don't know who that was on. But other than that, I mean, he seems like a very solid guy. He almost got to a header from Barco's corner. He almost got there. He could have scored a second one. It seems
1: like from the replay, I was watching it at home, and it seemed like he lost direction of where the ball was. It was, like, behind him. But, yeah, I mean, but in general, like, he made – things happen and he only played for what, you know, 23 minutes?
0: Yeah, so this is going to be big. We're starting to get our depth and, you know, part of the reason we weren't rotating players is because we didn't have the depth to be able to rotate players, but now Pogba is in the mix and he looks good. Escobar, we all know what Escobar can do and he is now healthy. So, this is big. Uh, We're going to see what's about to happen and and I need to celebrate our win with Monterey. So, I need a beer. Beer the win! And to celebrate, I had to do, of course, always a Georgia Brewery, but I want to celebrate Monterey moving on in the Champions League. Congratulations to you, Monterey. We are going to use Arches, Mexican Empire, Vienna Lager is our beer of the week. And I'm going to spike this one home. Atlanta is no longer in the Champions League, sadly, but I'm going to tip my cap to Monterey to being a great team, and I can wink at him saying we beat you guys.
1: A T L. Every week. Oh, wait, I did it too late. Sorry, Blake and listeners.
0: It's okay. She's still new at this. She's getting her chops and her timing down.
1: Maybe I'll just say every week, every time I open a beer. Is that right?
0: Yeah, Blake would approve. Oh, okay, good. He'll be back next week, and we'll ask him. I want to cheers to Monterey, and you know what? All the Mexican clubs beat all the MLS clubs during this. Our only hope, and I don't know because it's it's playing right now as we're recording this, is Sporting Kansas City as the only MLS club that could go on. But they were down two to one aggregate going into the night, so we'll see. Um, hopefully, we'll be back next year, and hopefully, we'll get to play you. And Monterey will know to bring debit cards to Mercedes Benz. Anyways, this is a good logger. Um, it's definitely. It's a Mexican empire, but it tastes more like an American lager. I wonder what it would taste like with the lime in it.
1: You know, what it it tastes like to me, it kind of has a more of an amber taste um, than a traditional lager. Like, yeah, it's like a nuttier, like almost like a thicker lager, but I do like it. It it seems like it would go really well with tacos. And I mean, I feel like that's an easy pairing comparison. But I'm just saying I really want tacos. I'm right gonna now. go ahead
0: after the show and go see if you have a lime upstairs or somewhere in our studio and I'm gonna try this with a lime.
1: Yeah we, they're just sitting around the studio Joe just we have, we have limes scattered around the studio so if you find one, let us know.
0: It's like an Easter egg <laughs> but for St. Patty's Day.
1: Hey guys, we're gonna move on. We still have a few things to cover. We got a lot of stuff to cover in Total Ta So, guys, we've a bunch of stuff to kind of cover. Um, the first thing that I really want to talk about and dive into is something that I really noticed in the Cincinnati game. So the way that we're setting up with this three-man back on defense is we've got – it's basically rotating between Robinson in the middle or Parkhurst in the middle. And what we're doing is Robinson is really, really good with 1v1 defending. And so if they if the team that we're playing has like a single striker position – then they'll put him in the center so he can basically handle that striker, right? If we're leading with two strikers or if there's a three-front attacking offense, then Parkhurst will be in the center to kind of more direct the defense, right? So we started off Cincinnati with Parkhurst in the center, and when we realized that they were having a single striker formation, we switched. So kind of pretty early on into the game, Miles switched to center. To me, Joe, it just shows how much faith DeBoer has in Miles and how much he's kind of building this defense around him.
0: Yeah. And it really shows because Miles Robinson has been the best player all season long in the six games that we've played so far. And it's been pretty clear. You can't argue anybody else that has had been more consistent and been our best player. Uh, and and that's, that's a really good analysis Britt. Thank you for bringing that up. One thing I wanted to talk about, because it has been a big subject of debate and a lot of people are talking about, Why we haven't had more roster rotation or some people even going as extreme to saying give up on one league either MLS or Champions League until it's over and rotate all your starters out. And I want to tell you why you do not do heavy roster rotation during tournaments like this. And I want to bring in the team we were just playing, Monterey. They're in the middle of their MX season, Liga MX and they played all their starters. Uh, Pabon was the only noticeable difference in this game from the last. But if you guys don't know, Pabon, he scored on us and got an assist. But he was just coming into the form, and he was a bench player that earned his starting spot. Uh, Miguel León played every single game. And all the other Mexican clubs during this midseason did not rotate their roster at all besides a minor piece here and a minor piece there. And I want to say that Frank DeBoer, to his credit... He has been rotating our roster minorly, and as you should when you're trying to win the MLS and trying to win the Champions League, and there's no other way to go about it because you want to win both, and that's the only option in my opinion. But he has subbed Gressel, and, or he put Tito Vajalba in to start the DC United game, and he's he's put Breck Shea in, even though Bello got hurt, but that is a roster rotation and in the midfield nagby's played sparingly lorenowitz has played in those spots he's been rotating the roster so he is doing what you guys are complaining that he's not doing Uh, and i want to say that he's doing it properly we are not getting the results that we wanted but that is what you're supposed to be doing
1: yeah i mean to me if you change out your whole team and play a b squad you're basically sacrificing that game and which is something that we don't want to do
0: yeah, and I, and one more point I really want to bring up. I am tired of people comparing this to Toronto of last year when Toronto made it to the Champions League final and fluked in the MLS. That was because Toronto was a bad team last year, and they got hampered with a bunch of injuries and they didn't have the depth to cover it. You know what one thing no one talks about? New York Red Bulls made it to the semifinals of the Champions League last year doing the same thing. And you know what New York Red Bulls did in the MLS? They won the supporter shield, so no one's talking about that. New York Red Bulls did it right. Let's follow their model and let's be better than them.
1: To be fair, Parker did say he was worried about becoming Toronto 2.0, so I wonder if somewhere if that's where some of that Toronto talk came from. But in general, I, I agree. I mean, I think that I, I think Frank DeBoer is doing a conservative roster rotation, which is kind of what you you need. You'll fall apart if you just do switch everyone out. Moving on to talking about players and getting swapped out Escobar is back in training so since he is healthy and back is do you think that perhaps Parkhurst is going to get benched in the future in lieu of Escobar I mean because Parkhurst is switching to that right side while Miles goes center I mean I could easily see Escobar coming in there or are you thinking that he's going to pay more of him and Gressel be interchangeable? Like, where are you thinking that Escobar fits in?
0: Well, saying to replace Parkhurst is a really tough question because that is our captain, and you don't see a captain get benched often. And I honestly, I don't think Parkhurst has done much wrong, Uh, although Miles Robinson and LGP, I think, well, Miles Robinson has been a better player this season. So, yeah, Miles Robinson is showing a really good spot, and we know what Escobar could do. But what I really see could be happening is Gressel on one side and Escobar on the other side as our wing backs. Uh, whichever one of those two plays better on the left side, and it may be Julian Gressel because he has that utility knife, and you put the other one on the right side, and we know either Gressel or Escobar are going to be great on the right side. Hmm. So I think it could be those. But then you got to talk about your two center backs. Is it going to be well, – never mind. We have three center backs, and we'll keep it the same as is. And Breck Shea – or Ambrose, or Bello would be the one relegated to the bench.
1: I see. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I get worried about with Escobar is, you know, he did get hurt the first day of training. I know we've talked about this before. We all know what he can do. Frank DeBoer's watched tapes, but Escobar really hasn't had a chance to show Frank DeBoer what he's about. So hopefully it's you know he can pick right back up in training and he can get that position cuz i actually hadn't thought about him playing on that uh, on that left side but that would be great i mean think of how strong our back five would be if that was the case yeah I mean, and, and
0: be- you really want to try to get your best 11 in there that wherever you can but you don't want to mix up their positions too much it's kind of a, a thing that Frank DeBoer is going to have to do on and, and figure it out. But you want to get the most athletic and the best players out there. And with all these guys coming back being healthy, as in Escobar and Pogba finally getting to full fitness and Bellow coming back, it's only going to benefit us more down the road. And we're going to be a, a juggernaut. And we're going to do really well this season. I am I am super excited. for it. I think it's it's enough of that. Let's start and go into the preview for Philadelphia Union. And we do have a game this Sunday. Sunday at the Benz, St. Paddy's Day. Everyone's going to be wearing their green scarves and their United kits. It's going to be really, really fun. Brad, are you excited?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm I'm super pumped. I I really hope that they dye the beer green. Did they do that last year?
0: I don't think they've done it any year since we've been a team. But it is a possibility because... There's no more green in terms of cash flow in the stadium.
1: Have we always played on St. Patrick's Day? I feel like we played at Bobby Dodd. I know we played Bobby last Dodd, year. Bobby Dodd, we
0: played St. Patty's Day. Did we, we play last year?
1: We did. I remember because I was in Chicago and I missed the game. So I was uh, doing the whole Chicago Dyed River uh, thing, which was very fun. Oh, that sounds fun. I wonder if they're going to make that a tradition that we play. Well, I guess they can't once it's not on a weekend.
0: Well, right now it is a tradition and they... What they do as a tradition is come out with an Atlanta United St. Paddy's Day scarf. So that's one thing that is a collector's item, and you guys should go get them. But enough, let's get into who we're playing. And we are playing the Philadelphia Union. And they have had a very tough start. You thought Atlanta United started tough to the season? They've lost two straight games. They lost their opener to Toronto, lost three to one where Michael Bradley scored two of those three goals. And then they followed that up with a 2-0 defeat at Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas City is one of the top teams in the league this year, so that was was something to look at. To make it worse is Marco Fabian, one of their top players, got a red card at the end of that game, and all pending an appeal because they are appealing, and as of right now, he is still suspended for the Atlanta United game. And appeals don't typically get rebuked. Sometimes they do. Uh, I think it was was it Assad or was it uh, was it Carmona that got their red card appealed and
1: oh I, I think it was Assad.
0: Yeah, in the first year, mm-hmm. so it does happen. So keep an eye out for that if Fabian does play. But other than that, they are 0 0 and two, and we are o one and one. So both teams are going to come into this game really looking to get their first points, their first three point game of the season. So and. Philadelphia has played us tough, Britt. You remember watching us against Philadelphia the past couple years?
1: Well, I mean, I do remember on a positive note uh, when we played them last year at the Benz and they got that red card and there's that whole red card debacle and we ended up beating them 3-1.
0: Yeah, and we were already up at that point. Because they
1: got the double red card. that was that was one of the craziest things to me that's ever happened in the bins but i don't think that we can bank on a double red card for them this game
0: no and they always they're a team that comes out and plays us tough every time Uh, a couple years ago in philadelphia i remember we were down it was tied all game long and tyrone mirrors of all people scored a late game winner (laughs) that was that was incredible
1: well good i'm glad he did something
0: but there is definitely (laughs) there's definitely a beef in between atlanta and philadelphia they got some some history against each other and philly's coming off of, of a a decent season last year they were a playoff team they made a late season push a lot like dc united but not as strong as dc did and they made the playoffs albeit to get knocked out in the in the knockout rounds to New York City and that game wasn't even close. And so this is a team that's kind of going to be at the same level. They didn't make many moves in the off season and they've got a couple of key players I might want to point out, but Doya, the forever always okay player in the midfield. <laughs> he is a very solid guy, never makes a mistake. Never does anything too special. I love Badoya, and he's had a great time with the U.S. Men's National Team. Uh, and he is one guy, he's going to keep their team focused, composed, and he's going to make solid passes and make the right decisions. The other player that we need to watch out for, and this is a guy that's going to be coming back with a vengeance, because you mentioned the red card, the double red card, is Madunjanin. My Dungeons and Dragons. He was the one that yelled at the ref and clearly got super upset at the ref, got the second red card.
1: Was he the one that spit on the ref?
0: Spit on him and yelled, basically cursed his family, and I don't know what other obscene things and gestures that he made to the ref.
1: But he said, he my did- elf, I'm an elf, and I'm going to... Elf you. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> no, and he so he's going to come back to the bins with those memories in his head, and, and so this is a guy... That is a free kick specialist, and he's very good with the ball at his feet. Uh, He's from Bosnia. I don't know if he's from Bosnia and Herzegovina or wherever they made that merger, but he originally came from Bosnia, and this is someone that we need to watch out for and do not let them get a free kick in a dangerous area. Uh, There's one other player that I really need to mention uh, who we need to watch out for, and it's kind of hard to watch out for, but beware of their goalkeeper in Andre Blake. He is the Jamaican goalkeeper, and I could easily see him being the second-best goalkeeper in the league. Uh, So this is a guy that's going to make incredible saves. He's going to be very difficult to score on, so it's going to be a real good test to watch Joseph Martinez versus Andre Blake. Or can Petey Martinez put a screamer in past him? Can he replicate the same screamer he had against Monterey and see if it goes in?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, hopefully we can come out and I know that everyone wants three points. I think hopefully everyone will relax if we get the three points. I do feel like in general players and fans, everyone had a breath of fresh air after that Monterey win because we saw glimpses of our old team. We saw glimpses of the chances. We saw aggressiveness on offense. It wasn't a boring game to watch. And so I think that because of that spark and the, and the guys know they want it back too so hopefully we'll come back out with that kind of aggression on offense i think we just have one more thing to talk about before the podcast is over and we're going to talk about listener mail
0: this maybe our new favorite section
1: yeah it's great i thank you guys for sending this stuff in um, please you know hit us up on twitter that's probably the easiest way but uh, instagram you guys can email us at ataliensunited at gmail at you can go to our website and there's a the form to fill out um, but this one's from twitter joe you want to take this one
0: yeah and this one comes from Shuey, his call tag being at shooey 2100 hey thank you Shuey, for posting he says hey at at Aliens united love the podcast Just wondering if you hear from a lot of fans that have only recently become soccer fans because of our new team saying that they want ATL to lose in the Champions League so they can focus on the MLS season. I'm one of them, LOL. But, J-Dub, thanks.
1: j-dub just wondering just wondering
0: thank you for asking that question Shuey. and I, I really like this i i think i mentioned it i went on a little rant earlier in the podcast and my opinion and the opinion of champions and winners is you go out and try to win all the competitions available and for champions league specifically this is the biggest competition i i don't know if you guys are realizing this this is the biggest competition we are in all year long and we need to get back there next year. So even, I don't care if we were 10-0 down. I want to see us go out there and try to win 10-0. And even yesterday, there was a slight chance, albeit very difficult. There was a slight chance, especially after we scored. And, and if we scored that second goal, we could have come back and won. And it would have been epic. So the answer to this is you need to learn to love both games and all the soccer. And I want to hit on one more thing since you're talking about being new to soccer and this is not directed at you and this is not directed to all the people that couldn't make a game because they had a legitimate excuse like they have to wake up for work at 4 a.m. or they've got kids that they got to take care of for school. This is not directed to you. But I heard a lot of people that say they didn't want to go to the game because we were going to lose anyways. Shame on you.
1: Wrath of Joe.
0: But there was a big turnout, and all the real supporters were there, and we had a really good rocking stadium last night. And thank you, all of the supporters that came to the game. And I know some of you had to watch it from home because of other circumstances. I'm just mad at anybody that didn't go to the game because they thought we were going to lose anyways. That's a horrible attitude. You guys better show up this Sunday because we are going to win. And before I get too angry, Britt, let's get a positive score prediction.
1: All right, so I I actually think – that we're going to come out between the way that we played um, against Monterey and just kind of the general hate, I would say, that the team has been feeling from fans. I think that we're going to come out here with some fire under our butt. I know I said that against Cincinnati, but I really do mean it against Philadelphia. Um, I think that we are going to win. I think we're going to have our first real shutout. And it's going to be 2-0.
0: I like it. Uh, I'm going to continue with the goose shutout who got one against Monterey, by the way. But I'm going to say we're going to win one nothing with a lot of goals saved by Andre Blake.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, Andre Blake's a great goalkeeper. Thank you guys so much for joining with us. Blake will be back next week, so I know you guys are sick of hearing my stinky voice. Blake is back, um, and now and I- you
0: can hear this exit song, which is lovely.
1: <laughs> Rock on. <laughs> we'll see you guys next week.
2: You could have the rest. Now we got a gold star hanging above the crash. They lost in translation, they not understanding me. Joseph Martinez is his family. My city love me, your was mad at me. I can't be clean when they step up in me. We got WrestleMania, friend the board, MLS, champs. Got a double look, but we number one. Would you take a sport? Got a shout out, the Blake, second course.